2080 Baseball Podcast, another week, the uh, first week here of August. Uh, Travis Grins here, Evan Hendershot across the table. Uh, will we get any copyright infringement from CBS Sports? I don't know. We've been playing that song for three, four, <laughs> five months now. So Maybe uh, cease and desist, I don't know. Cease and desist with your podcast, playing our song from 25 years ago. Well, we're not making any money, though. Oh, well, so, I am, but you're not. I'm well, sorry. okay. <laughs> It'll be a lump sum. It'll be the Bobby Bonilla plan. Uh, twenty dollars <laughs> for the next twenty-five years. Uh, that's fine. Not a whole lot sticks out this week, but then I started thinking. There's so many games every week. I've got a list of things here. I think it's going to be a good show, an interesting show that could go anywhere. So I'm very excited about that. Okay. Indians Red Sox. We did the show on Tuesday a few days ago, post trade deadline. Mm-hmm. There was that Indians Red Sox or Boston Cleveland game, mm-hmm. as you would say, mm-hmm. uh, going on at the time. Chris Sale gave up like five runs in the first, and Carrasco gave up five in the first couple innings. Great finish, and I saw the once like fourth, fifth inning of that game once we got done here. And Cleveland looked like they were going to win it in the ninth, and then uh, Boston comes back with I think uh, somebody had a like a three run home run or two run home run to win it there. And uh, great game, one of the, one of the better, more memorable games of the year and finishes of the year. Did you catch any of that on no. Tuesday? <laughs> Do you remember any of it on Tuesday? Uh, I don't remember like anything from Tuesday. I think I was probably still um, drunk uh, from the trades. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I guess you could say it that way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I don't hardly remember anything. I don't even know if the Yankees played on Tuesday. I'm sure they did. I don't it <laughs> was uh, 12 to 10. Red Sox beat Cleveland. There were five runs scored combined in the ninth inning. Kimbrel gives up the gives up the save. Uh, so just win of the week, get it out of the way. Uh, he gives up two runs on three hits in one inning, and he gets the win. And then uh, Cody Allen, he gave it up uh, three runs in that inning. That was just a, a great finish, great to come from behind victory there uh, for Cleveland late in the ninth. Yeah, uh, Allen hasn't been that great lately either. Um, and without Andrew Miller, he's hurt. Um, I don't know. They could. They should trade for. They need to trade for some bullpen guys here. Because they're still not guaranteed a spot here. They're still in the mix here with with Kansas City and focus. Kansas City's kind of falling off here. It was Christian Vasquez had the uh, home run. And um, Lindor homered in the top of the ninth. Ramirez scored on a uh, wild pitch. So nearly a wild pitch win. Thought that game was great. 12-10 Boston wins. But uh, trade deadline still uh, the, the, the waiver deadline here had the first... Big move on Sunday. Yonder Alonso goes to Seattle, who Oakland plays next, so he will not have to leave. He'll just stay in Oakland mm-hmm. and uh, go to Seattle. Seattle's still in the mix, only a game or two out of that wild card. Uh, you like that move? Yeah, I think um, it's a good move. It's just a matter of whether or not this team can put all its pieces together, which it hasn't showed yet. Um, I don't know. When the hitting's good the the pitching's bad and when the pitching's good the hitting's bad so um probably more the latter it's it's just hard for me to imagine some combination not involving the yankees tampa or kansas city one two of those three teams are going to get this wild card kansas city lost perez to the dl that's good. gonna hurt them i think um if if i had to handicap it say I, I still think the Yankees and the oh boy, by Kansas City, they're they they they're off of their high. So and they they had to have that just to get up to the point where they're now 
right there, you know, a game there, you know. Well, here's here's what I think. So we have two pretty critical series this week that I think that nobody's going to, no one is going to pay attention to Kansas these. City, Tampa, or what do we got? No, we got uh, two Angels series. Angels play Baltimore, then they play Seattle. I think if the Angels can win both of those series, that is going to be huge for that team. If Seattle can beat the Angels, that's going to be huge for that team. And if Baltimore can beat the Angels, that is going to be huge for that team. Mm. Whatever, all these teams are right right there in the mix. I could see any yeah. of them doing well. I could see Baltimore's underperforming players overperform over the next few months. The power hitters just hitting three-run homers all of a sudden. I could see uh, Seattle putting it all together. And the Angels, um, I could see them being uh, very, very good as well. I, they hung on to their bullpen arms for the most part. Um, other than David Hernandez, and uh, their pitching is not particularly good in the rotation. You want to run down these five starters coming up this weekend? For you have Nolasco today, who was guy couldn't make. He made it through four innings, couldn't get the win in, in, a, in a game in which his team scored ten runs through six innings. Uh, J.C. Ramirez has been all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parker Bidwell's been pretty good. I uh, got some guy here. I have Troy Scribner. Scribner, haven't heard of Scribner. He's pitched all of uh, eight innings this year. I haven't heard much out of Scribner. Uh, Tyler Skaggs, really like him. He's back, so hope yep. he does well. He pitched, uh, I think, Saturday night. Um, yeah, not 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 great there. Nolasco, Scribner, Skaggs coming off the DL for the past six years. Uh, not great. They have one and a half, two capable starters. Mm-hmm. That's a bad. The, the thing is, though, I think um, their bullpen is okay, um, too good. Um, and then they have Angelton Simmons, who's been amazing this year, and they have Mike Trout, who obviously is Mike Trout. Um, and the defense seems fine um, as far as that's concerned. So I could see them significantly overperforming. Um, they eliminated their weakest spot in Danny Espinosa, who was a disaster. So um, I could see that team doing well and making it really hard for Baltimore and for Seattle over the next week. Um, I think those two series particularly are going to be have, have a pretty big impact in the wildcard race because the Rays, I do not know what they were doing trading Tim Beckham. That was odd. Mm-hmm. He looks good right off the bat with Baltimore. Um, the Rays, I'm not sold on. I just don't. I think they're good, um, but I don't think they're great. So... Um, if you had to rank these three teams you're talking about, Seattle, Baltimore, Angels. Right now, it's Seattle, L.A., Baltimore. Okay. Just because uh, Baltimore can't pitch. Uh, they got to Hellickson. That's, uh, you no, know, that was an really interesting move. But compared to everybody else on that deal there, yeah. um, you know, they got to... They have one league average starter right now. Um, Dylan Bundy. Yep, and the rest are garbage although i think gausman can can turn it on at any, jimenez at any last couple of starts for jimenez have been good he's been good for a th- couple weeks well which and is, what's important too is zach Britton's back so they did not um, trade him they're they can really shorten the the amount of inning starters need to pitch now with with those guys in um with Britton, miguel castro donnie hart darren o'day richard blair and michael givens and brad brock that's a pretty pretty solid bullpen there. So um, they can kind of shorten those innings for those atrocious, uh, terrifyingly bad, horrifying, miserable starters. Um, and if those hitters can hit, then 
look out for that team. I wouldn't count them out yet. Manny Machado, he's raised his average mm-hmm. 30, 40 points here in the second half. He's hitting 250 now instead of 200. Baltimore's won seven of nine. They swept Kansas City. They are right back in the mix there. They're only at two games back. Seattle in the midst of a doubleheader, possibly a doubleheader sweep of Kansas City. So uh, the Royals, uh, they had their run. Hopefully they're not the team here. Uh, still like Tampa Bay above all these teams, but uh, hopefully we have a good wild card mix here with all of these teams and very important series, as you mentioned, coming up this week. Mm-hmm. As uh, of right now, though, I'd say the Yankees are far and away the, the better. They'll get in there. Wild card team. They'll be hosting the wild card game. We'll see. I think um, they've got a pretty good shot at being one of the two, though. That's for sure. The other teams, they all have pretty big flaws. The Yankees don't have that huge flaw. I don't think. You mentioned Andrelton Simmons, and he's a guy we have not talked about a lot, but according to some metrics, he is second in war among position players. He's good. And uh, he is also a top 10 in other. So I would put him more, uh, you know, top 10 war. And finally, he's having a good offensive year. Always been considered uh, one of the best defensive players, by far away the best defensive shortstop. But now he's uh, finally hitting at 27 years old, soon to be 28, having his uh, by far his best offensive year, hitting over 300 for the first time, uh, 350 on base. His slugging percentage is uh, 60 points higher than his career. So he's putting together a real good uh, offensive year. And if he if he can do that, he'll be uh, in this discussion here as he enters his 30s into uh, not only a great defender, but one of the top five or ten players in all of baseball, and I don't think people have uh, taken notice of this. Yeah, um, I know, I think Mike Petrello wrote something this week about him. Um, I like that his hitting's improving, um, and right now he's basically probably the peak player he's ever going to be, but um, I don't know if you remember when he got traded from the Braves, but um, there was a lot of talk that as his hitting improves, as he ages, which he probably will, his fielding is going to drop off so, so much that he won't be able to be really good for very long. Mm-hmm. And we might be seeing it right now. These the, next couple of peak. years will be his great years and his defense will mm-hmm. go down. Maybe they move him away from short. Uh, but still. Oh, I still think they'll keep him at short. Um, like if he's like 35 or whatever. I th- it just depends how bad it gets. I think um, people were kind of trying to compare the trajectory of Ozzy Smith, mm-hmm. uh, a different shaped human, I guess. <laughs> Ozzy Smith? Much shorter, tiny? I think. Yeah, I guess um, they say 5'11 and 6'2, but I'd say probably, or the comparison, I'd say it's probably different than that. But um, yeah, I don't know. That was the kind of comparison at the time. And uh, his defense was good throughout um even as he got older and he's in the hall of fame because of that yeah and he was uh probably a significantly better uh offensive player just because he stole bags a lot more at a, at a much much higher rate um and he was pretty consistently league average at hitting whereas simmons is not uh he's got a 91 ops plus right now simmons can be better career. offensively than ozzy smith can be yeah, for sure for sure he's bigger and she should have more power and he has been very good this year he should get some mvp votes i would say he should yeah but i think he's helped carry that team as far as uh it being kind of a more of a defensive type team um you look at guys they have like cole calhoun ben revere 
you know, Escobar, Simmons, they had Espinosa at second play, uh, second base. He was good defensively, at least. Um, I assume Martin Maldonado is good behind the plate. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in the majors. Yeah, it looks like he is. So um, he's he's definitely, uh, it's funny, on a team with Mike Trout, I'd, I'd say Simmons is the most representative player of what the Angels are as a team. Um, mediocre hitting, uh, really good defense. But Mike, yeah, you're right. He has been good. Mike Trout is back. Uh, mentioned when he got hurt. How far up on the war list his stat can he get before the end of the year? And uh, he's in. The, he's eighth right now in baseball. That would put him third in the American League, uh, position player wise. Judge, Altuve, and Trout. Some people have Altuve at number one. Uh, so I think um, he can. He'll finish in the top three, and he might. Um, he's going to be right there for the for the top spot. Uh, Altuve's been amazing. He had, right now. Altuve feels like the MVP. Yeah, Judge has uh, fallen back a little bit. He'll hit his uh, close to fifty home runs, but Altuve. At a historic month of July at 428, which is unbelievable, his on base was 523, which still it was like only, I think, like the 28th best month on base wise in the past 15 years. So his on base was still very, very good, but his, his hitting was like the one of the best averages of the past decade or a month, and his uh, runs created plus was at 242. So he's uh, been unbelievable uh, this past month as Correa's gotten hurt. And uh, Houston just kind of uh, goes through the uh, through the motions here, getting ready for the playoffs. But yeah, Altuve um, is he your MVP right now? Is that where right you now, would go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Judge has fallen off. He had a uh, Sunday. He had a pretty crazy line drive homer to deep right center, which was nice to see. But he's fallen off substantially. Trout is was hurt for a while, and Altuve has outpaced him for that. Andrelton Simmons, great season. He's definitely going to be a top seven MVP guy at the end of the year as far as where I would probably put him as of right now, probably be like six or seven. Um, but he hasn't done enough to be better than Judge Altuve or Trout. And Chris Sale leads by a yeah, pretty good margin in war. I don't care about pitchers <laughs> for MVP. You'd have to be uh, like Bob Gibson or something today, like those numbers today. Like I, like, I just can't. They don't play... He'll be in the top five for MVP. Which is dumb because... And the, the discussions will start. Will, you know, how... Yeah, and I'm glad Zach Britton didn't make the top three last year. I would have lost it. But Sale is, right now, a 270 ERA pitcher. That is not an MVP pitcher. To me, an MVP pitcher is what High Clayton ones. Kershaw does. Or Pedro in 99 and 2000. That, uh-huh. I would say, okay, have your MVP, Pedro, because no one's done this before. Um I don't remember who is who won MVP though. Maybe they deserve in ninety nine for the American League. Yeah, but Sale is a pitcher. Um, a Boston guy pitched twenty two games this year, and his offensive output uh, double. So well, while wow. his OPS plus is one fifty four, <laughs> uh, he hasn't been. He doesn't play every day. So you, he Manny Ramirez, uh, Ivan Rodriguez won in ninety nine. Okay, Pedro was second. What's what do we get for? Uh, very close. They were within 13 points of each other. Final vote: two fifty-two to three to two thirty-nine. Even though Martinez had, uh, he was worth uh, three more wins above replacement. Okay, see, yeah, Pedro that year you probably, probably should have won. Yeah, probably should have won. I'll give it to that guy when you're basically winning your team 28 games or something. He was like 23 that. and four with the 207 ERA plus. Probably has to be 250. I would uh, guess. Well, I wonder- it was. 243 that's ridiculous 
Yeah, he was ridiculously good. Even better in 2000. So there you go. Yeah, he was... Uh, 2000 was his best year. Everybody talks about 99. Mm-hmm. 2000, he was better. He was good. Both years, for sure. I'm trying to find his uh, game logs. Let's say 99. What do we have Oh, here? my heavens. I assume they won... Uh, I'll go 2000. I assume they won. He was won 23 those. and 4, so I'm sure they didn't... Uh, the no decisions there. Now they were twenty-one and eight in two thousand. Yeah, they're twenty-six and five in ninety-nine. That's pretty good. So, like, you have to see it that like Sale won't be Chris Sale won't they won't be that good. They're twenty his. games over five hundred with Martinez there, and that year they pro- was probably the difference between them going five hundred and uh, getting to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that wasn't a spectacular. Um, and they were 94 and 68, so you take him out, their 500 team. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I mean, Sale right now, the, the Red Sox are 16 and 6 with him on the Wins mound. are all that matter, though. We know, according to Mark, to, uh, to Sale, wins are all that matters <laughs> for him. Well, as far as MVP is concerned, I think uh, you do probably want to look at what your total team wins are in those outings. Um, do you... I've made the argument with the pitchers. You take the at-bats of the position player... Compare them to the at-bats at the pitcher throws. And the pitcher has a lot more at-bats. He has, you know, 100%, or not 100% control, but he's at-bats, you know, are concerned. Batter will have 600 at-bats. Player, pitcher, pitcher will face eight, 900 hitters in a year. Does that sway your argument or... No, because the pitcher's value defensively is basically nothing. Nothing. So, um... And that's why a shortstop will typically get more of, or a catcher will typically do better um, at the end of the year in a, in a MVP race, a, t- a close one, than a uh, left fielder would. Um, so, or a DH. <laughs> so, I, I think pitchers, I don't particularly like them winning the MVP unless they're so insanely good that. Kershaw, when he won it, you were good with that? I don't remember who he beat. Um, Everybody. As far as right at the top, I know that. <laughs> um, Nobody beat Kershaw. I don't here. remember who was uh, right right at the top. Ugh. Yeah, that was a pretty horrible year for NL players. No one was even that good. Uh, Stanton, McCutcheon, Luke Roy, Rendon. 2014. Yeah, he uh, he was by far the best guy. Yeah, and that was a bad... He was, he was incredible, and that was a bad year for... Um, there was no superstar type player for that league. Like the other, like the American League had Mike Trout. I would have picked Mike Trout, even though his WAR was point one lower. Um, if, if it came up to those two, um, I probably would have picked that. Uh, but anyway, I wouldn't. Yeah, pick, I wouldn't were, pick Chris Sale. He's not uh, good enough. Dodgers were twenty three and four that year when Kershaw started, which is good, and that's obviously significantly better. Um, anyway, Altuve right now was the MVP. If Trout can. Uh, keep up his insane numbers though be a discussion and and if the angels can get to the the playoffs uh that would significantly help then again altuve is the best player on the best american league team um so that's probably doing uh helping his cause for sure national league i have no idea who's gonna win bryce harper's got the biggest name you have rendon out there nobody's talking about him you have paul goldschmidt who nobody ever talks about but um I think he's very comparable to maybe like a Jeff Bagwell 
who went mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame last week, and uh, Goldschmidt. Uh, obviously, nobody talks about him. Uh, so I'd say those are your three guys right now. Uh, Rendon, Goldschmidt, Harper. I think Corey Seager was my preseason pick, maybe. And he's, yeah, I think we both had Seager. He's pretty, uh, you know, he'll be in the top five, hopefully. Yeah, he's good, but he's on a team where everyone's good. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of Anybody you like out him. of that list? Because I'm sure Harper, just on name recognition alone, um, good I'd or not. say right now, considering what this team has done and how essential he's been to the team's success, I'd give it to Goldschmidt right now. Um, Nolan Arenado, though. Uh, it seems like the National League is a lot deeper looking at the list here. American League, you're like, all right, Altuve, Trout, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Here, you could you can make the case for any number of like a half dozen guys. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's a really, the National League's really good. Um, like guys like Vado aren't going to win, but he's having an amazing year. Charlie Bal- uh, Blackman with Colorado, he'll be their guy that gets votes. And um, I, Arenado's better, I think. Yeah. But uh, Blackman's been good, and he'll never be that good again. Um, I think guys that can legitimately get votes and deserve them uh, include Justin Turner and Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor's a four-win guy, and there is not a soul in this state that knows who this man is. Not a soul. <laughs> well, other than us, I, I had him. I had him for the All-Star game. He should have been All-Star. He wasn't an All-Star. He's been very good. And, and nobody, not a soul, knows who this guy is. Uh, well, he does share an outfield with Yasiel Puig. Puig! Everybody knows so, Puig because he flips the bat and all the stuff that he Puig does. He has been better, um, and he's only 26. I could easily see him hitting 35 homers next year if he really feels like putting on the power numbers. But um, Taylor's been awesome. I think you could give MVP votes to Bellinger, Seager, Turner, Taylor. Uh, Scherzer as a pitcher will get some. I'm sure Kershaw... Wood, uh, we'll, Kershaw, Wood, those are only two, Dodgers, yeah. too. Um, Kenley Jansen, I bet, will even get like one MVP oh, yeah. vote or something. Um, as, for, as far as the Dodgers are concerned, by the way, Austin Barnes is hitting. Uh, he's a bench player for them who plays catcher and infield and uh, 143 OPS plus. So oh. this team, I feel Loaded. like I say it every week. And Forsyth's better now and Kiki Hernandez. Jay Sutley's not terrible, so that's good. Yeah, man, they're good. Um, Anyway, I'd say Goldschmidt. And at the he's, he's who do you had, have? Who do you have then? Just looking at this, I mean, Goldschmidt's having his best year that he's had, um, which is saying something. He's yeah, he's having a real good year. The uh, the sixty three and forty seven Diamondbacks are like fifteen games back right now, so that's worth noting. Amazing, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, Goldschmidt uh, is the leader of a team that is just crazy good um, at hitting, as far as. Uh, the middle of the lineup's concerned. The rest of it's kind of okay, but uh, they have Goldschmidt, Lamb, Pollock, Peralta are okay, both those two, but then uh, J.D. Martinez, right in the middle of that lineup, Lamb, Goldschmidt, um, Martinez. What, what series would you like? Would you would you prefer Arizona to play the Dodgers rather than Colorado? You would give oh, Arizona sure. oh, yeah. more of a chance. You have. Uh, I've been saying that all year, though, so I feel like I have to stick with it, too. You have, you have uh, Grinky there. He'd be a good uh, number one starter in Taiwan Walk or whatever he brings to the table in that lineup. And Robbie Ray and Zach Godley's been yeah. really good too. But uh, And their bullpen's very good. I would uh, I would obviously throw out Robbie Ray as long as concussion symptoms aren't going to be bad. But if, if you're going to get two guys to start start a series, uh, you're, you're going to have a hard time finding um, non-Dodgers players better than Zach Grinky and Robbie Ray. Um, but yeah, I guess Scherzer. But, uh, their, their bullpen's got a lot of strikeout guys too. And... Um, they're the type of team that can beat the Dodgers because um, they have 
power hitters who can just get a run with the swing of the bat. So um, the Rockies actually amazingly don't really have power hitters other than uh, Charlie Blackman and Arenado. So um, I guess Mark Reynolds too, but um, that's their three good hitters. So Gerardo Parra, but uh, I don't think they could keep it competitive. And uh, if you look at how Jeff Hoffman's been pretty all over he the place. He was great Sunday. He was very good on Sunday against yeah, the but Phillies. He's, he's just all over the place. Yeah, again, you don't yeah know against the getting, Phillies. That's the <laughs> You don't know if you're getting eight innings or an inning and two thirds. Every pitcher really on that like team him. has been like that, um, with Vermont exception Marquez. of uh, Kyle Freeland, of all players. Who, uh, Who's hurt? Is, yeah, so. Um, Marquez has been pretty good. He's He's been pretty good here recently. I think uh, Luke Roy is going to be a pretty interesting piece. Uh, it's significantly better than Tony Walters. Um, I'm interested to see what they can do, uh, but I don't think they can. It's funny that they're still beating the Diamondbacks right now, but I, I think the Diamondbacks are better. I want a one-game playoff to get to the one-game playoff. Yeah. <laughs> Who would be the first? Well, wait. I want Colorado to Arizona oh, okay, to be okay. tied at the end of the deal with like 88 wins sure. so they can play the 106-win Dodgers. Or that no, would they be, would. Uh, they would play. Yeah, they, would, they would. They would play each anyway. other. Probably. That, would, that would make sense. Yeah. I would not. You it would have to be yeah. um, the Brewers. Yeah, Brewers get the Brewers in the mix. Make it a three way. Um, Thumbs up. The Brewers, though, I think would get demolished by the Dodgers. So, uh, Diamondbacks are the only team I think that has a real chance. We had two series this week that uh, playoff previews is what I'm going to call them because I think these will be. Uh, well, one of them will be the matchup, uh, Washington and the Cubs, or yeah, Washington Cubs at Wrigley. Uh, Washington wins two out of three, so that's a very interesting series that uh, almost likely will happen as long as the Cubs can win that division. And you had Yankees-Cleveland, which it's probably going to be you know, Yankees-Houston as long as uh, Boston wins that division. So, um, mm-hmm. And again, what they split four games with Cleveland uh, here this week. So few games you can look forward to in series. Um, you know, when, whenever Arizona, those three teams in the West play, that's always good to look at that and see what's going to happen in the future. Uh, Twins played uh, Texas this weekend, and they split the two game or four games, thankfully. And uh, Joey Gallo hit a monster shot, hit the target center, I believe, right field, boom, hit uh, Jimmy Butler right in the face. <laughs> so he's got 31, he's got 30 home runs right now with mm-hmm. that... Uh, 860 OPS and barely hitting 200, and uh, he's having uh, a very odd year. Uh, he'll set the record for for most strikeouts, highest strikeout percentage, uh, biggest gap between average and OPS. And uh, saw the twin one of the Twins beat writers tweet that is he just going to be another Russell Brannion? And I thought that was a uh, I think he'll be better than that. I think he's more of the Adam Dunn type. Yeah, Russell Brannion was um, valuable like, for being. He was a switch hitter, wasn't he? Or something. Yeah. Um, he he was on and off like. Uh, no, he was a lefty only. Hmm. Um, he was he was just on and off like crazy. Like you'd bring him in and um, he'd be okay, you know. Um, for a he'd time. be an okay player who can't play defense. He could never be a full time guy. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like he. Like, okay, 2004, played 51 games. 2005, played 85 games. Uh, 2006, 91. So it's, he was never playing a ton of games. So I don't think that's a fair... I agree. I don't think that's a fair comparison for Gallo because I think Gallo can play all year long. Brandon was a good hitter. Um, I, I could see Gallo being a 113 career OPS plus hitter like Russell Brandon was, but Russell Brandon also averaged probably... 
I don't know. Let's see. Average, I, I won't what? count. I won't count his first two seasons where he played like no games. But I'm sure he averaged like barely any games per season. Like maybe eighty. Um, he wanna, played in a thousand games over twelve years. That's a good point. Yeah. So we're looking at uh, eighty-seven 80, games, two seventy-nine yeah. played appearances. Uh, 16 homers 38 rbi that's not only once did he have over 400 at bats that's a good yeah i you'd hope joe gallo joey gallo won't be that way um by the way he's a 23 year old almost 24 named joey which is (laughs) let's get beyond that joey same with Votto too. I always call him Joe Votto, or as often as I can. Good. He needs to. Jim Nelson. Jim there. Nelson. You with Jim Nelson? <laughs> That's different. I think Jim Jimmy, makes you sound like you're 55. Jim Nelson. Well, Jim Nelson. That I guess I I approve of Jimmy, not Joey. Yeah. Or um. Danny also. I don't approve. Dan of that. Santana, go, professional. Go by Dan. Professional go by hitter. Dan. Yes. Dan Santana, professional hitter. Uh, yeah. With with uh, Adam Dunn and his. You know, I don't know. I'm interested to see if we see a guy like him again with that high on base with the 200 average like him. I think Gallo could be pretty close to that. Although I think he's going to be a, I, I did. He's hor. I don't need to get into the stats. He's horrible at defense. Uh, according to UZR on fan graphs. Um, Gallo. Yes. At both first and third, but I think he has significantly more value than Adam Dunn did because he can play third and get away with it. Um, and he's only 23, so he can get better at that. Um, but I think Dunn would be a, a really high ceiling for Gallo, and I think that would be good. Adam Dunn was a good good hitter, obviously. Um, he wouldn't have stayed in the league as long as he did if he wasn't. So um, if I was Joey Gallo, I would totally be fine with somebody saying, oh, you're you're an Adam Dunn type player because Adam Dunn was very good. 40 homers, what, five years in a row or something? Four years in a row? Yeah, five years in a row. It's pretty good. Fat Bartolo had a complete game on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Struggled through the first inning. Watching the replay, didn't look like he was going to get out of that first or the seconds. Went all nine innings. Sometimes get, I'm sure he wonders if he's even going to get out of bed anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's at 44. He is morbidly obese. Uh, getting guys out right now. Uh, is There's been like five guys in the past 30 years older than him to have a complete game. Because the stat they were using was complete game and a win, and that was uh, Nolan Ryan in 92. So we got a lot of guys that had the complete games. Jamie Moyer had one. Mm-hmm. Randy Johnson had a couple. Charlie Huff is on this list, and there's one other guy as well, an old, old guy. Uh, I think Dennis uh, Dennis Martinez was right around maybe a couple uh, months younger. But those are your old guys since uh, 30 years ago, complete games. All I can think of with this is just that he shouldn't be pitching for the Twins. I mean, we yeah, we discussed last week um, a young guy should be in that spot. It's fun to watch him, but a uh, young guy should be in that spot and um, and see what you got because obviously he won't be on the team next year and uh, he probably should, probably going to retire at the end of this season. The thing is, he's giving them... He's given them 24 and a third innings of five ERA ball, which is better than what Santiago, Hughes, and Gibson have given them. So uh, I, there's there you that. Go. I, I guess they they are, this is a team that, like the Orioles, that just brought in a terrible Jeremy Hellickson, he's been terrible this year, to eat innings. Um, to be better than what they have I already. I can understand the Twins doing this deal and trying, because he was good on Friday. Um, yeah. What, nine innings? 
And uh, if you really just need guys to eat innings for you because you don't think any of your minor league guys are ready, then um, that's fine. Um, but the Twins are the Twins, and they do Twins things. Staying just in the mix enough to where you got to kind of watch, like, all right, they have like a 5-1 and one a week, they'll be there. Dozier, something with Dozier got uh, left the game early, don't know what that's about, but he seems like he's going on another second half August turn here where he might hit 20 home runs here in the next eight weeks where he's had yeah we'll see few home runs so he's we'll uh you're not a big fan of him i know but uh well yeah if I he mean, can get hot again and can carry the team a bit i would like him you know a, a trade for a nice pitcher would be would be interesting but uh dozier's been been heating up here he's very streaky i think uh this team is destined for failure soon <laughs> so you see you say oh well if they have a five one five in one week they'll be back in it i say yeah. well if they have a one in five week then They're they won't so um let's see what happens the funny thing about them is they keep putting in on uh, together these okay weeks three and three like, okay well i guess we're winning some games or staying in it but um they will soon enough fall apart and we'll see what here happens. we are august 6th you can't sustain it with this pitching i mean barrios has been okay not as good as he had been initially and yeah. um santana's fallen off and gibson is still in the rotation which is they just called him up here uh yesterday and he was fine yesterday he went five plus innings gave up three runs which i would i would take that every time from him every single time yeah from him but you wouldn't yes. want that as an outing i guess uh especially they're okay hitting but um I don't know. The Twins, they're definitely not in my wild card group right now. Milwaukee next week for them, two at home, two on the road, then at Detroit. So uh, do something there with those teams. They better start winning because you're not going to want that wild card and then have to play the Dodgers if you win. You don't want to play the Dodgers. Twins, you want... Yeah, Twins don't. Yeah. Well, no, I mean the Brewers, <laughs> though. Yeah, they're division or bust, I think. But Yeah, any, any National League wild card team mm. is going to... Uh, it's going to be disappointing for them. Brios pitched on Sunday. He gave up five runs in the first to Texas and then didn't give up any runs after that. He went five innings, uh, five runs, six strikeouts. It's so, a good sign that he got uh, yes. outs afterward, but uh, bad bad innings are, are bad. So. A 41-pitch first inning, then he was fine after that. He did not factor in the decision, and Texas didn't score after the first. He so does, he does six, still five. seem to be struggling with control. Um, he seems to miss a lot of close pitches. A lot of um, movement on his pitches. Sir. To me, that means he's going to have trouble probably his whole career because he's missing close, which means he's probably aiming a lot. Mm. Um, I guess you could figure that out, but um, if I'm him, I'm just throwing the ball and letting them swing and miss because he's got good stuff. I don't know why he's trying to paint mm -hmm. uh, the corners when you can throw like that. We'll and then see. on, and then earlier in the week at San Diego, he went seven innings, gave up one run on two hits, and and got the loss. That's San Diego, though, got the loss, but he got the loss. I guess and seventy-five pitches through seven, he was batting in the eighth. Uh, our favorite manager Paul Molitor pulls him. I think it was for Robbie Grossman. Grossman got an out anyway, so it didn't matter. And uh, uh, it's a tricky move right there. Eighth inning, it was like a one nothing game. I, I probably game, pull. I probably pull him just so that he can't run the bases. He's a young guy. You don't want him to get hurt doing something stupid. Um, I I I'm fine with that move just for that. 
it uh, it was interesting to me. Well, there's that at least. <laughs> at least there was one interesting thing out of a Twins-Padres game. And then you had Irv the other day throw another damn complete game. Uh, like on a Wednesday, th- Wednesday afternoon, a, a four hit, two run outing, nine strikeouts. So that's like his fifth complete game, 110 pitches. And lowers that ERA to 3.28. So Irv, sometimes just all of a sudden, I'm going all nine. Yeah, that's good for a team like this that in these innings, um, especially with complete, a bullpen like two that. Two complete games this week, one on another one where a guy goes seven. So uh, another three and three week for the Twins. Yeah, they three need to uh, do better than that or else, period, or else. Or else. Yep. You don't want to know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had the trade there, Yonder Alonso to Seattle. Uh, how about this? You take a peek here at uh, this thing on the bottom. Uh, compare those two guys. Okay, I'm looking Your at... Your blind taste test of the week. One guy right, so is a little better than the other, looks there's like. There's 12 years of, of two players, 1,900 innings for one, 2,000 for the other. Um, when loss is pretty close, ERA plus is significantly different, and that is ERA is also player two has pitched more innings, better ERA and ERA plus Cy Young twice. Um, I pick player two. I'd pick player two. Good. Who is who are they? Player one is Adam Wainwright. No, Waino. Player two is your guy, Johan. Okay, of course. <laughs> there you go. Very comparable numbers across the board. Yeah, they actually are. Uh, ERA, ERA plus, they're just uh, they are, a little better. They are, but they aren't comparable because uh, Johan played at the tail end of the uh, steroid era. So um, he was facing monsters. And Wainwright. Human monsters. Wainwright would have had at least one, maybe, maybe multiple Cy Youngs if it wasn't for Kershaw. Well, uh, a lot of good him. things would happen for a lot of people if it wasn't for Kershaw. Unfortunate so. <laughs> for him. Is it? Unf- I don't care. I, Clayton Kershaw. It's like, you best. know, Jordan wins the titles and Carl Malone never got his and all these other guys. Barkley would have won these. Tough. That's what tough. I say. Be better. Be that's, better than the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yes. Hard to do. Mm, yeah. Since he's the number one of all time, hard to It be is better. hard to do. But right. uh, who cares? Kershaw's the best, and Wainwright was not even close to as good as him probably in those years, right? Um, eh, okay, I'm looking. Pretty good. His, uh, his peak four years were not as good as Johan's, but they, well, they were pretty let, good. Let's look at our uh, 2014. He was he finished third. Yeah. Um, and, he, and, and he was uh, in what, Tommy he John even, one year. He wasn't even uh, as good as Johnny Cueto that year, and then way above both of them, not even close, yeah. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm sure probably the year before that, it was probably a similar situation. Yeah, Wainwright uh, finishes behind Kershaw. Wainwright, significantly worse than Kershaw by a whole, more than a run. So Is he the second best guy, though? Or um, in discussion for being number two? He would be number... This is, I'm looking at 2010. Three. What are you looking okay, at? Okay, I was looking at 13. Let's, tw- let's look at 10 when Clayton Kershaw was just, a, was just a boy. He was the best pit... Wainwright was the second best pitcher in the National League. Eh, probably. Ubaldo would have the discussion. It's, it's between uh, these two. Why did Kershaw win the Cy Young that year? Oh, what are we looking at? 2010? Oh, no, I'm looking at 11. Never mind. This is Halliday. <laughs> this is Halliday's big year. 2010. Oh, 2010, though. Kershaw didn't even... Wasn't even a finalist, though. 2010? Eh, you could have a discussion here, 2010. 
uh, between Wainwright, Halliday, and Jimenez. Looks fairly close to me. Either uh, Wainwright and Halliday, I think, is damn near a toss-up. Not a whole lot of difference. I mean, there's not much difference here. I'm on my way. Between any of them. They're within a win, loss of each other. ERA is damn near identical. Uh, Halliday with four more complete games. He had nine that year. 20 more innings. Uh, fewer walks. Halliday's a little better, but it's not Why by is his much. war too high, two wins higher? Mm. Nine complete games, maybe? He threw 20 more innings. That doesn't seem Man, right. That wouldn't but be, yeah. His strikeouts, so he had six more strikeouts. He had 26 fewer walks. I guess if you look at this year, though. He faced um, 83 more batters. So. Oh, well. That's here, only like, here's a, that's like literally two games worth for him that year, three games worth. Man, I... I'd say he's still probably the third. I think Waldo was probably better than him. And remember, that first half he had that year, he was crazy, and that was at course. Um, 2009, again, he was like number three again behind his own teammate Chris Carpenter. He's, and, the, uh, his problem is he's just never good enough. He's like third best guy. Yeah, Linscombe was so much better than those guys last year. So um, Carpenter was good, but he pitched 30 less innings than Linscombe did. Yeah. Um, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks for Wainwright. Wainwright was the for. third best pitcher in the National League for like five straight years, from like 09 to 14. It's a tough life to tough be life. a millionaire. Well, Your salary? Probably pretty good. One year left at uh, $19.5 million next year. Uh, after next year, he will have made uh, $135 million. Well, the good thing for Wainwright is he's got his he got his World Series out of the way early. Good, and he was electric that year in the bullpen. So, um, at least he got that. I mean, some guys don't even get that. Yeah, go um, in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, he was a good player, no doubt about that. And he pitched in a lot of. I mean, he's got what eighty nine postseason innings. That's pretty good. Um, he was good in those too. So. Um, yeah, he was a good pitcher. He was definitely no Clayton Kershaw, and he was definitely no whoever else was good those years. Which that sucks. You're, that's a it's a good point to look at how much he was the second or third yeah. or fourth best pitcher for like five years in a row. Got a gold glove too. Got two gold Boom. gloves though. So that's worth good. something. Pretty good. You look at uh, going back to Joey Joey Gallo here. He's got thirty home runs. Good chance to get forty. I, I again, I hope he bats under two hundred and <laughs> over forty home runs. The only man to have a uh, average only, only man to have over 40 home runs with an average in the low 200s is a guy we've already talked about Adam Dunn and there's only been I believe uh, nine guys eight or eight eight guys with a sub uh, 220 average with 30 home runs okay so there's one two three four five six seven guys Joey Gallo has now become the eighth guy ever to have 30 home runs and a sub-220 average. Adam Dunn is one of them. Uh, Dave Kingman. Yeah, I'm, I guy. already I already pulled up the Dave Kingman page because I figured go. he'd be one. Uh, Gorman Thomas. Oh, yeah. There you go. 85 with Seattle. Uh, Jose Valentin. The infielder? Yes, 004 White Sox. Uh, Ron Kittle. Tony Armis. And Mark Reynolds with Arizona eight years, seven years ago. Well, the thing that stands out to me about all those players is you think back and you think back to those years and you're like, oh, that was a valuable player. 
So sure, yeah, you, I'd take big it. Big time, yeah. Um, Tons of hits. Tons of home runs. Looking at uh, Dave Kingman's career, he was awesome. Uh, he struck out a ton, particularly for that time period that he played, the 70s, 80s. Um, and now it'd be like, you're not even anywhere in the top 50 for strikeouts. Right, and this was a terrible defensive player, but man, he could hit, so who cares? <laughs> 442 home runs. It's a lot. That's a lot of home runs to be a guy that mostly everyone who was born after 1985 doesn't know. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, there's a lot of guys like that, though. I know um, people don't really know anything about Dick Allen, and he was one of the best oh, hitters like to ever 400 home runs, play in a generation. So uh, 351, but he also had a 156 career OPS plus, which is... And he's then, is he on your Hall of Fame list? Yeah, I think a lot of people of I think Jay Jaffe might be big on him. Ryan Kenny, I'm sure is. I, or I think he tweeted about him recently. But every anyone, it's anyone who's a baseball these... guy and looks at the numbers Dick Man, Allen was boom. putting up, but it's because he struck out so much. And back then that was like crazy. But now you look at it and it's like, who cares? He hit 40 homers one year. He led the uh, one one year he led baseball in OPS. Um, that's pretty damn good if I say so. But what do I know? It's amazing how some guys get lost in the cracks. I think the other thing that hurt Dick Allen, um, and I haven't looked into him as much as a lot of other people have, but he played on, um, he bounced White around. Sox. He played a lot of years with the Phillies, but then he went to St. Louis for a single season. Then he went to the Dodgers for a single season, then the White Sox for three years, then the Phillies again. and So that doesn't help when you've got old, crotchety Hall of Fame voters who don't like players who aren't loyal and stick around you know at the, and i'm sure at that time that's what a lot of well, i've got a guy that was loyal here for 19 of his 20 years he played with boston dwight dwight evans another guy um yeah he's less um a career war of 67 right on that uh 60 what did they say 65 is the cutoff or so I think he was bad enough. Yeah, he was bad enough at defense that I don't think you can get him in. His defense was uh, basically nothing. Just I remember. Not good, not bad, um, just eh. I remember uh, he was on Boston for a while, right in my dad's kind of wheelhouse of young, mm -hmm. young baseball fan time. Um, so I know I'd kind of heard of Dwight Evans as being like a star player for a long time, and. Um, I think he was good. He walked a lot, which I like that kind of player. I would love to have that kind of player. Led it on base once at another year where he had a, a 415 on base, a 417 on base. So he was uh, very good. Even uh, his last year with Boston, he was 39 years old in 1991. He went to Boston and his OPS plus was 119. You know was what it? I think? If they won in 86, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. There you go. So couldn't hurt. Um, he also was overshadowed by, um, what did he overlap with Fred Lynn, Yastrzemski and Rice, I think. Uh, and I think he Jim was, Rice, another guy. I think he was like overlapped with, with all those guys. So, um, that sucks. That, that, that'll hurt you. Um, and Fisk he played with too. So it's like, ugh, it's hard to get those kind of guys that played with other star players in the mm -hmm. hall of fame. Um, oh, well, I don't mind Dwight Evans not being in though. Do you Jim think he's Rice. All of Famer? Oh, Jim! I don't like Jim Rice particularly either, but I I get the uh, I get the a lot high, of guys high that are very argument. close here. A lot of guys that are pretty close. 
Yeah, um, I have to look at Jim Rice again. I remember when he got in, I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, 1984, 1984 American League MVP seems very interesting to me here. Okay, I'll pull it um, up. By the way, first <laughs> instinct of uh, of Jim Rice is no. He was good, um, but he wasn't good enough at defense to outweigh what the kind of... He wasn't... I mean, he was a great hitter, but not consistently forever he was what, what if i told you uh, ni- uh 1984 i mean you could i'm not saying you could write a book on the mvp race in 84 uh but the guy who led the league in war that year by a significant margin was 27th in the uh, voting nice that's right where you want and the guy who was uh and there was a pitcher who was second in war that year and he was 22nd. Was that votes. Ripken's rookie year? No. Second year. Were they horrible that year, though? That's what I wonder. I mean, this this is something to behold. This is the year that Willie Hernandez wins for Detroit. He has a 9-3 and record, 140 innings, uh, with a 1.92 ERA. Basically, a long reliever wins the deal. Willie Hernandez. And uh, Kent Herbeck... Finishes second. Which is not good either. <laughs> Dan Quisenberry, another reliever, finishes third with Eddie Murray fourth. So Eddie Murray for Baltimore finishes fourth. That was a time where people became, what the hell became was this? infatuated with the the relief pitcher. Goose Gossage was around then. Sparky Lyle had won a, a Cy Young a few years before. Um, I think that's probably why. I agree with you, Cal Ripken. Cal uh, Ripken got one <laughs> vote. He should have Are you probably on this year? Yeah, he, he got one vote. One person put him on his on their ballot. What do they make the, the top ten? They vote for. Uh, probably. I don't even. They know. put him at tenth. One guy put him at tenth. Nobody else had him on the ballot. And yeah. by he was a ten win player. He was two wins better than any other player. He was three wins better than any other position yeah, player. Lloyd Mosby, who Wh- finished twenty two. <laughs> what in the hell? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Every game, of course. I think if you, if you really need to give MVP to one this. of these guys that's in the top 10, probably Alan Trammell is probably the guy that you'd give it to. And Baltimore wasn't bad. They were eighty. They were an 85-win team that year. Yeah, uh, Murray. Looks Murray's like he the stole the votes. Five. Looks like he took the votes. I mean, this, I, I, read, I read Brian Kenny's book, and he goes kind of through some of the uh, MVP discussion, like, oh, this guy should have won this. I mean, this, I, this was not on the list. I don't believe, but this is insane. This is insanity. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. He pitched the most games in baseball that year, 80. Has there ever been a, a, a thing where the leader in a war didn't even get a vote? Not that they had no idea what war was, but this well, is amazing. Well, he got one vote. <laughs> I know. He, one vote. Uh, yeah, that I don't is know. incredible. Well, and, and it's not like the writers were that stupid that year either, because or at least the National League writers weren't, because Ryan Sandberg won the NL, MVP, and he led in war. He was the best. What do you know, so I mean, this is unbelievable. I I think a blog post would be war leaders and where they finished, and this and then and then highlighting the ones where they're just not even completely in the discussion. Well, the next year isn't a, isn't really um that fantastic either the al voters must have been dumb that time because the next year mattingly yeah, wins no. mattingly's a good player um but he finishes ahead of george brett and then he finishes and then third place and fourth place ricky henderson and wade boggs who were just playing out of their mind that year um yeah, he so was uh, you wonder if the fifth. ale ale voters were just bad 
bad. It's bad in general. Don't Maybe I they mean, didn't like Baltimore. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you look at the NL that year, um, Dwight Gooden should have won. Here's why Cal Ripken didn't win. He won the year before. Probably. That's Stupid. why he didn't win. The Stupid. old the uh the old Mike Trout effect. Yeah, he can't he can't win twice. I'm I'm I guarantee that's why he got Probably. only one the next year. I mean Dwight Gooden should have won in the National League. Which year was this? Eighty five. Eighty five. Like there's like uh Yep, he won. Willie McGee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Willie McGee is your MVP. Willie McGee was good. Don't what? don't take away the the, no, I'll take it the away. goodness of his year that year. Um so <laughs> I'm fine with Willie McGee winning that I mean, year. If, ever, the if there's ever a, well, he's a, come on. If Pedro Guerrero ever... finished third that year. Uh, I was talking to somebody at the state amateur tournament over the weekend who said, uh, Pedro Guerrero once played a, uh, uh, independent league game in Mitchell, South Dakota How about that? with oil can Boyd. Nice. That could be a story. Yeah. I'll pass. Oh man. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, the sport, these, I'm not a sports reporter. I can't. Some of these are ridiculous. Yeah, I think uh, we could Dwight probably spend Gooden, a long Dwight time. Good in my heavens. Uh, a lot of these, they get better. As I think that was just an anomaly that year, because um, Clemens won a couple years later, and he was. Well, here's the, the crazy best. thing: John Tudor was second in the uh, NL Cy Young that year, and where did he finish? Yeah, he also finished uh, eighth in the MVP. I don't know why voters do what they do. If we did, that's interesting. Um, this is why certain players aren't in the Hall of Fame, by the way, that we think are good, because they ran up against this just Bohemoth. horrible group of writers that apparently was in. Um, they were, they were taking the cocaine in the eighties as well. <laughs> no other explanation for. I assume at that time writers were pretty pretty biased for their teams, um, and they probably only voted for players in division that they saw. I would suspect. What a deal. Um, what a deal. But yeah, I don't I don't really know what to tell you. That is kind of gross. By the way, for Dwight Evans' uh, Hall of Fame candidacy, he also played with uh, Wade Boggs, so that also hurts him. He also played with Roger Clemens, so that also hurts him. Not great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Dwight Evans, not a Hall of Famer. One final note, if you have anything else. I'll just say Homer Bailey stinks. He's made $65 oh, yeah. million. He's the Jared Weaver Award winner. He stinks. Eight, eight, six, ERA and nine starts. No pitching for him no more, you say? Yeah, get him out. His name's Homer, for Christ's sake. Homer Bailey. <laughs> get him out. Like a batter named Strikeout Williams. Yes, exactly. There you go. Uh, you, had a, uh, you had a piece in the paper mm-hmm. about uh, Northwoods League could mean the end of the amateur tournament. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised about, about, about this? What you found? Because uh, I'm surprised that... I don't know what I want to say on it. Because I'm still covering it. Well, I, I will say this: um, like the quotes you got, like the they're they're going to be here next year. This is this a done deal, Mitchell Mm-mm. team next year. But they would they could be. They can if they decide that they want to be by September first. So that's coming up mm-hmm. at the end of the month. So mm-hmm. they need to do that. And, and again, you can talk a lot about about this. Um, again, I don't know why they're not playing at Cadwell Park. Because uh, they're not playing at Cadwell because uh, the city decided um, they would rather cater to local baseball and keep Legion out on that field and not wear down Cadwell. That is the that, reasoning. That is odd. And they're going to redo Drake Field. Not necessarily. They have to do something to it. They That's bad. can add bleachers. Um, by the way, I for this story that I wrote, 
um, on MitchellRepublic.com. It's uh, <laughs> I didn't include about a dozen to fifteen concerns that the the tournament director had. Um, bathrooms at Drake are pretty poor, and that's that's uh, objective. Um, field. They would almost have to use the facilities at Cadwell. They might. And that's terrible. The field would get beat down pretty good, I would suspect. Shared use with with uh, other Mitchell baseball teams in Dakota Wesleyan would, would be tough. Um, he had a pretty good argument about how um, if you bump the teener players and the younger players over to Cadwell, they're going to chew up Cadwell pretty good because they play uh, on the grass at third base. They don't play in the dirt because the balls don't yep. hit, as hard, hit as hard. Shorter field. Um, so uh, you're going to chew up the grass pretty good. I think both um, – I think there's a case to be made that the city can easily handle both, and I think there's a case to be made that if the state amateur tournament doesn't want to play in Mitchell, they don't have to. Or they could build a whole other field at Cadwell there Complex you. and play there. Lots of possibilities, lots of ways to go. Yeah, if it's me, more baseball to Mitchell is great. Uh, I would love for them to find all the solutions before they sign an agreement because why not if you have time, right? Yes. That's the best thing about this. There's plenty of time for everybody to agree on everything, and that's great. So there's that. Because there's many options. They can play at uh, Drake. Uh, I would like them to see it play at Cadwillow, but, but apparently that's not an option build a whole new thing which would probably that's just obviously the most expensive and the least likely probably to done. happen uh, they bunch. they will consider bring, adding a new practice field uh cadwell which is in the story but um um what's probably better is to keep drake as it is not put too much money into that and then build up a new cadwell type field with is chairs no bleachers. I cannot stand bleachers. This is my only thing that I care about. If you're going to build a new stadium, put chairs in it. We're, backs aren't meant to sit on metal bleachers. It's I'm horrible. in the press box, so I'm fine. I'm That's fine. true, but I'm not. So, yeah, I'm press box. <laughs> Looking at the schedule here, I mean, they only play 35 games. Mm -hmm. This North Wards League. So, so they're not. It'd be up to 40, including playoffs. And then half of those are at home. So it's like another, mm -hmm. you know, tw uh, th this is not, you know, they, they talk about the wear and the tear. 20 games, is that going to... And as the Park and Rec director noted, they don't... They, so they will probably do batting practice pregame, fielding practice pregame, but they don't practice like um, kids do. It's important Because they're playing every day. Right. It's important to note that, but it's also important to understand that how baseball works and baseball people know no practice doesn't mean you don't ever practice it's not like other sports, there's many different ways to practice right so uh that's not necessary that's a weird kind of situation there but um like you okay you have 40 games here that they would play hopefully uh -huh. next year that'd be fun mm -hmm. half would be at home and i was just looking at one team schedule um they are rarely away for more than like four or five days at a time so none of these teams are on the road for like a week and a week and a half. There'll be like three, four games here, and they'll be back home for three, four. It's very, I mean, two games here, two games there. They don't, I, I guess I would almost like it to be, all right, we'll spend this entire week away, then we'll stay at home for a week instead of, well, two games here, and then two games at home the next night, and then three games there, and then four games. Make it more not so back and forth, back and forth. Well, one, I didn't note this because I think it's, not up to me to decide what they can do and Yet. what they can't do. But 
Yeah. Um, all the teams are far away. You could easily do a Spurs-esque rodeo road trip and do two weeks. Just don't play in August um, in Mitchell unless it's playoffs. Just do two weeks of go around Minnesota, play road games. I think that's, that would be fine. That would be almost like the perfect solution. Um, I didn't get to ask the Northwoods League about that, um, but that would have been, I think, the, the, the perfect solution, I think. Um, I looked at another team here. Uh, okay, I brought up Mankato's schedule. I have not looked at their schedule moon yet. Dogs. The Moon Dogs. Uh, they play, okay, they start their season. This was last year. Uh, four, okay, three games at Thunder Bay, then a single game in Rochester, and then they are back home against Rochester. So at Rochester on a Thursday, home against Rochester on a Friday, back up to Duluth for a Saturday, Sunday, back at home on a Monday, away on a Tuesday, home on a Wednesday. They go back and forth. Look at the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I hope they're using electric cars. Home away, home away, home away. There's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah. Three game series, not one, 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 one. We like the one, 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 one. But no, you can't. You be don't doing even this. have to do series. You could just stay, have a team stay at home for a while, and then have them. Maybe it's so that you don't have to do hotel stays or something. I mean, this is ridiculous. I don't know what the logistics are of this, but I bet I bet it probably has something to do with you don't want to stay at hotels and do like that they, cost. I mean, yeah, they, I'm sure Marcus, he knows more about it than I do, but rarely do they play more than two games in a row at the same place. That's, That's, I find that ridiculous. That is odd. I think uh, it would probably make sense, but maybe there's reasons for it that I'm not looking into or we're not noticing. I don't know. That's weird. So... Again, and, and and the big thing I took away from the article is that if there is a Northwoods team here, they would not bid. I assume it's a bid, or, or they would not put in for the amateur tournament, which I found to be because they don't want to compete. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what type of crowds uh, this Northwoods League team would get because as as far as I'm concerned, the I amateur tournament. Get... Oh, go the, ahead. The amateur tournament is the biggest sports thing in Mitchell. It's 11, 10 days, I would say the most people cumulatively come to this. A lot of things at the Corn Palace, but these are all, you know, one-time, one-two-day things. Special Olympics basketball brought in a A lot of people for a weekend. But for like a, you know, sporting event mm-hmm. type deal, I would say, you know, there were, there were quite and a few. And you get long hotel stays for this because you have to stick around for a while. Sure, yeah. Apparently, if, if you've got people working this tournament uh, from other towns... Uh, you know, a guy from Winter, mm-hmm. a guy from Vermilion doing the PA. He'll stay for a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, I don't know how many thousands of people will, will be here. Um, when Alexandria plays, obviously, they're the best team in the biggest draw. And they had, I don't know, uh, it probably wasn't a thousand people last night, but uh, it was a lot, a lot of people. Five, I, six, seven hundred people, maybe. I think the the an important thing to note here is I think the Northwoods League and the State Am Tournament would get very different crowds. Um, local people, people from Alexandria and with relatives on the Alexandria team or friends on the Alexandria team want to see that team. Um, they don't necessarily go to the games where Parkston or the Bankers or the Killer Tomatoes are playing. Um, they only go to their game so oftentimes. And Northwoods League would more likely get Mitchell people. Um, I know and this is just me being a major league baseball guy, I would go to Northwoods League games. Um, 
because that would be what my interest is. I want to see talent. I don't care about the people on, I go to the state amateur tournament because it's baseball and it's interesting. Um, but I would want to see the high level college talent. That's what I want to see. Um, I'm interested. I hope it comes to Mitchell because I don't know a whole lot about it. And I want to see like the names are there. The like big, big names have been in this league before. And mm-hmm. obviously you don't know that these guys are going to be these guys. Uh, Chris Sale and Max Scherzer and all these guys. Uh, you, well, you don't, you don't, but also like, I bet you can get a pretty good indicator when you see them. You're like, oh, okay, this guy throws. Well, like Chris Sale obviously stands out by the way he looks. Yeah, and, and you probably see a guy throwing 95 with a wild slider oh. or curveball, and you're like, okay, this guy's going to be a top 10 draft, top ten round draft pick, so a legitimate draft pick. Um, like, I want to see who these guys are, where they come from. Are they all guys from the northern part of the country? I think they come from all over. Like, Sale's a Florida guy, so yeah. he's there. Um, I think they come from all over. I think it's basically like uh, non- Cape Cod League players, basically, is what I gather from it. And, like, looking at some of their top guys here, there's a guy named Connor Hollis uh, from Houston. He's a junior from Houston who's hitting 382 this season. Let's see Daniel Amaral from UCLA. He's a sophomore. That surprises me, a guy from UCLA. Uh, they got pretty good baseball. Uh, sophomore from LSU. They're a great team. They're always in the uh, College World Series. Mm-hmm. Hunter somebody from a catcher. From uh, LSU. So this would be amazing. Uh, Zach Taylor, a junior from Illinois. So yeah, big fan of this potentially coming to town and seeing who the hell Mitchell could possibly get uh, on this team. This is. I think you would get such different crowds for those two. I just think you the crowds would be so different. You'd get like major league baseball fans. Like you would, like it's is it not out of the realm of possibility that actual legitimate scouts show up at these games? I think look they at these might. Guys. I think they might, but um, yeah, I I think you'd get different. I think you'd get different types of fans. It's just like um, I'm sure there are state tournaments in other places where there are minor league baseball teams. Um, yeah, because I just go because it's uh. No, a, a 10-day tournament, um, if you could have, potentially, you could, it, it would, it would very easy, I feel, to have a Northwoods League game during, or not even during, like at Cadwell Park, during this tournament, mm-hmm. uh, you could make it that way, especially now that we are in the second round and there's only two games a night instead mm-hmm. of four. Uh, so I, I think logistically, this is, this absolutely could happen um, both, I mean, parking could be a disaster at some point, mm-hmm. but, um, we're talking, you know, one week out of the year or four or five days. Yeah, I think it'd be fine. I, I think it'd be fine, um, to try. I'd like to see all sides come together and try it. I think there are reasonable people on all sides knowing everyone who's involved. Um, I know, uh, yeah, having the, the people I talked to, um, Jim Johnston with the amateur tournament and Nathan Powell with the, the city of Mitchell park and rec department, I think, um. I don't see any reason those people can't come together. They seem I think like the sharp concerns people. That I, don't they know. Have, I don't know why they couldn't do it. The concerns they have, like not bidding for the tournament because there's another team that might play five or six games during a 10-day period, I just don't find that to be a legitimate concern. You, I, I guess you, you feel for I don't, this, this, the people who are in, going to end up having to make this decision. If somebody says, we're not going to bid because of this league, you're like, oh... Like, I don't understand, I don't understand that argument of, hey, we're not going to bid. I mean, 
the the amateur tournament i think i mean obviously would outdraw the north woods league if they're and they would even the uh, important thing too is the tournament director running it now wouldn't want to be part of the committee that bids that doesn't mean that another committee yeah. minus him wouldn't bid um what do i have to do to run on this committee let's uh, let's get uh i'll be on there yeah well, <laughs> we're doing not? it done yeah i think um i think there are ways that could appease everyone and it's fixable when you get smart people together, it's you can fix problems. That's what life is about. So I think they could do it. Like this guy here, uh, this this guy from UCLA, he was a freshman last year, and he hit 282 as a freshman. So, and this is a guy that's uh, out there. That'd be cool just to go on there with a list of list of the roster and say, oh, this guy plays for God's LSU and mm-hmm. UCLA and mm-hmm. all Illinois and all these other really good teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's they can look at some of these pitchers here. Yeah, it'd be nice to uh, see it, and uh, hopefully um, if they do come here, they take uh, adopt Eric Mayer's uh, team name, the Melons. Is, um, could, he, could he be a host parent? Yeah, I don't think uh, I would trust, um, and I say this full well, hope, hoping he, he hears this, I don't think he's responsible enough to have the oh, word wow. parent uh, what a <laughs> next, what a shot. next to his name, uh, but uh, I, think, um, I think I would appreciate his, the name Melons. That would be funny to me with the Forestburg. Uh, the Horseman? Nearby. The Horseman? That's a name you... Yeah, your name. Thoughts. I don't know what the reference... I know, like, I know... Just the Horseman. Well, you'd, you'd want there to be some sort of local connection, wouldn't you? Yeah, it'd make something up. I guess Fond du Lac has the dock spiders. What the hell's that? And the moon dogs. What, what are the those? Uh, I'm sure there's something with the moon dog. I don't know what the spiders... Are. I don't know. I just like... I, I like the, uh, there's a big, um, the Forestburg melons. Yeah. There's Forestburg has melons that they grow up there and all in Sanborn County. And his idea was the melons. I think it's a good one. And you could put a melon. Yeah. With an M with a face or with a face. I think it'd be good. Sure. Again, some of these pictures, uh, we got such notables as Connor Wollensheim. Uh, we've all heard of Connor uh, <laughs> Wollensheim, a <laughs> sophomore at, uh, at Kent State's. He's a sophomore, though. I assume he was a freshman last year at Kent State. So what did this jabron do? Uh, three and two with a three ERA. That's good. Some guy from uh, Simon Rosenblum Larson. So I'm sure the Rosenblum Stadium uh, started at... Uh, he's, he's a Harvard guy. Harvard man. What? Uh, see, I don't know any of these people, obviously, because I don't follow college baseball. I... I know that you're going to bring top tier talent in. And what I also know is no one from Dakota Wesleyan is going to play on this team. As one person asked, um, at the, uh, park and rec board meeting that still just rattles me to the core. (laughs) How do you think, how do you think this ain't the, the, the magic folks, this ain't the magic, right? Yeah. This is like legit. Um, yeah. What is that? I wonder what the future of the Dakota magic is, but this isn't a basketball podcast. And the funny thing is like, it'd be cool to have one of these guys in here, like, have one of the players and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, visit us for a half hour. What, what, you know, just talk about whatever." I'm sure, they'll have more time than that. They do. Li- they would live in Mitchell. Yeah. Well, if we could get a guy, that'd be awesome for next year. Yeah. If this happens. I think it would be interesting to see what players uh, Maybe they get learn this. from these leagues, if anything, mm-hmm. or if you're just basically trying to play against higher level talent um, to show show off to scouts. Which I I think that's probably. If there's a guy I saw, a guy from Mankato. I can't imagine he's the only Mankato guy in this league. And I'm sure he gets to play against some Division One talent. So good that's, for him. Yeah, and that's probably what the idea of this is, is to 
show scouts you can play against higher level talent, not just good college uh, teams, but teams made up of exclusively good college players. Um, I assume that's what the purpose of it is. Um, same with all the minor league system levels, I guess, of minor league. And like you could, you could legitimately get, legitimately get some South Dakota state guys. If you want a local mm -hmm. that Dakota Wesleyan feel South Dakota state could fill that gap since they've had numerous guys drafted here. Superstar Blake Trinan, Blake Trinan. Yes. Get superstar Blake Trinan in here and others. So you could do that. Hope it happens. Uh, this time next year again, only forty games they play for a couple months. I guess um, uh, we'll see. We'll see pretty soon here if they're coming next year. And I would like to broadcast those games. Yeah, well, if you ever need a guest to rattle off some boring, uh, you know what? Uh, Mount Vernon tomorrow. You're invited to the booth. Mount Vernon Mustangs tomorrow. Can't. Uh, you're city working. council from oh, well. city council from four p.m. to uh, to probably nine. It's going to be a marathon session. Seems a bit long. Seems a little unnecessary. It's his budget hearings right before, so I will be sitting in a city That's council bad. chambers for hours and hours. Yes, and oh, I would rather be watching baseball. I it's an off I, day for the Yankees, though. Oh, good. I assume uh, Mankato does some of these games. I don't know. Um, we do a lot of with the Mitchell baseball here. Mm -hmm. um, that'd be good to have those games. You escaped going to Rapid, right? Yeah, that would have yeah. been a fun little deal considering the run they made we uh the daily republic sent a fun little deal out to they rapid to cover uh, <laughs> and he spent a week out there there you go camped with his uncle and all that stuff. i don't know <laughs> no i did oh really he did, yeah Funny. for a couple of days like where'd you stay at well my uncle was camping so oh, okay Stay with his aunt and uncle okay so there we go we'll do, we'll do the alexandria game on wednesday night okay okay we'll see all righty evan endershot you can hear him uh, wednesday night during the alexandria <laughs> game on AM 1490 KORN. So there you go. Yeah, great. Congratulations to you. We'll be paying attention to these uh, Baltimore Angels series uh -huh. and the Seattle Angels series. Yeah, because I'm a lunatic. So. And we'll see <laughs> And we'll see how this goes. And Twins looking for another 500 week this uh -huh. week despite playing seven games. So they'll have one rain. Yeah, out. that's going to be a challenge. Uh, I, I'm rooting for them to make that happen. I think that'd be interesting. Terrific. Another episode, good episode, some good talks there. Evan Endershot, Travis Crins, the iTunes. If you're listening, it's probably with the mm -hmm. iTunes. And uh, the Twitter accounts, 20 mm -hmm. underscore 80 podcast. So, yeah, follow that for Scott Rowland tweets. There you go. Trying to get him into the Hall of Fame there. Uh, post haste. Mm -hmm. so we'll see you next week. Another edition of the 2080 Baseball Podcast.